The superintendency doesn't have to be a lonely job. We discuss the importance of building a support network on this episode of the ISA podcast. Welcome to the ISA podcast. My name is Jason Neville. My guests this episode are Jason Gray, superintendent of Riley CCSD number 18, and Dr. Alex Kashner, superintendent of Eastland CUSD number 308. Jason and Dr. Kashner recently presented on the importance of building a support network in the superintendency at IESA's annual conference. We thought we would revisit that topic in this episode. So thank you. Uh, thank you both uh, for being here. Let's start with just each of you could say a little bit about yourself and your school district. Sure. My name is Jason Gray. I'm the superintendent of the Riley School District 18. Uh, we're in Marengo, Illinois. We are a K-8 district, small district. Um, we are known for having a lot of family support, a lot of community support, um, very tight-knit community. It's a great school that um, I'm really happy to be a part of. Um, this is my fifth year being a superintendent. And before that, I was a middle school principal for eight years, as well as a district-level employee uh, for two years. Hi, I'm Alex Kasher. I'm the superintendent of Eastland 308. Uh, I'm a married father of three girls, uh, 11, eight, and five, that keep me active. Um, I've been at Eastland now. I'm in my fifth year here. Uh, we're a K-12 district in Northwest Illinois, uh, just under 750 students, a phenomenal district, great support, um, and uh, happy to be there uh, serving out our vision and mission. So before we get kind of into more of the content and the, the focus, uh, you two recently uh, presented at the ISA annual conference about uh, building support network in the superintendency. I am just kind of curious about how long uh, have you two uh, known each other? Yeah, actually, uh, it relates to our topic of how we met. So Jason and I are both going into our fifth year of being a superintendent, and we actually met five years ago uh, at the uh, first year superintendent conference down in Springfield, Illinois. Uh, we were randomly sat at a table together, um, found out we had a lot in common. Our districts at the time were only uh, about 40 miles apart from each other, and we struck up a friendship. And I think since then, it's been about weekly phone calls of bouncing ideas off of each other. That's fantastic. I, did, I didn't know that part that uh, it was an IESA event that sort of brought you two, you, you two together. I'm really... Uh, that's awesome to hear. So let's kind of look at kind of today's uh, topic. Uh, what uh, inspired you to present uh, on this building a support network in the superintendency? Yep. It's a topic Alex and I were kind of discussing one day and it just kind of evolved from there. Um, I think we were joking around that we should present on it. And after we got done laughing, we thought that it was actually a good idea. It could be beneficial for our colleagues um, we sort of looked more into the topic and found out some alarming stats. Uh, 95% of superintendents believe our job has become harder over the years. 15% uh, of superintendents plan to leave the profession. And there's one in four superintendent turnover. And um, this is just something we believe in. Alex and I rely on each other to bounce ideas off of, answer questions. Um, what we do is a very, very complex job and we don't have all the answers. So having a support network makes our job easier, makes us better leaders and uh, gives us different points of view. So after we thought about it, we uh, submitted our proposal to present and it just kind of went from there. 
Yeah, let's go back to that new superintendent's conference five years ago when you guys were first starting. Looking back, did you feel were you were you somebody that felt like you had the answers? Um, you know, because ultimately your school board showed their trust in you and uh, picked you to do the job, or did you kind of immediately re- recognize, hey, this job is is incredibly complex and the only way that you're going to succeed is you connect with your peers and start building that network out. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it's kind of fascinating because the board shows that trust in you when you're hired. And uh, quite frankly, you're on cloud nine and you're ready to roll. And then uh, you get in the job and especially uh, the jobs that Jason and I uh, were hired to do at smaller districts. Uh, you learn that you do a little bit of everything. Yeah, you're the finance officer. You're the curriculum director. Uh, HR person on top of everything else. And so it became incredibly obvious that the job is so complex that uh, we better have support. And in our district, we might just have one person in the central office. So uh, that first superintendent networking event was incredibly beneficial for both of us, uh, where we we were able to build connections and relationships and uh, through mentoring programs with the ISA, uh, as well as just other superintendents. It's uh, we've learned that everybody's been through similar situations. And so being able to have somebody to talk to and help out with those things uh, has really been a, a lifesaver for us. We've talked about uh, building a professional network. What are some tips uh, that you have for superintendents to help them uh, build that uh, PLN? Yeah, the first tip, uh, pretty basic, attend IASA meetings. Uh, that's a great place to meet other people. Uh, that's where uh, we've kind of built our network up. That's where we met each other and kind of uh, formed our um, professional relationship. Um, so that's very, very important to attend the meetings, be active in the meetings, uh, get to know people there, um, attend the conferences. Uh, the Springfield conference was great. Every year it's great, but this year was great. Um, even after being there for a few years, I met new people this year, uh, made new contacts with uh, people that I've never met from around the state. Uh, mentoring meetings. Um both our mentor, Alex, and my mentor is Ralph Grimm. Um, just he has a wealth of knowledge. He's been through everything that we're going through uh, probably many times. He's got years of experience, and he is great uh, to bounce things off of. He's been a huge help to me over the past five years. Um, the great thing about the IESA mentors, um, I've had conversations with Ralph at 11 o'clock at night. Uh, they're always a phone call away and always willing to help us navigate uh, this job. Uh, regional meetings, uh, being active and participating in the regional meetings, uh, meeting all the superintendents in your area is a huge um, benefit to you. Social media, um, I know social media causes a lot of grief in our jobs, but it also can uh, be beneficial. Um, there's a lot of good networking activities on X, uh, Twitter, whatever we're calling it these days. Um, the superintendent chats are great, and it's a good way to connect with superintendents really across Illinois and across uh, the country. Phone calls, weekly check-ins with other soups. I know I talk to Alex on the phone a lot. Uh, We bounce things off each other. Um, And Alex and I talk regularly with uh, Jason Stabler from Bureau Valley, Tom Childs from Lena, Tim Vincent from uh, Galena. Just having that network of being able to pick up the phone, just talk about what's going well, what's uh, what you're working on, and it's a good way to get ideas and uh, build up that network. I was looking at uh, your guys's uh, presentation that you shared at the conference, and I saw a bullet point about 
the importance of diversifying your network. Can you talk a little bit about uh, why why it's a good idea for superintendents to diverse to diversify? Yeah, it's a good way to get different perspectives. Um, Alex and I are in small districts. Um, I've worked in a big district. Alex has worked in bigger districts. But it's important to get a different perspective and different lenses. Um, having the experience of working in a large district and a small district gives you kind of a different outlook on uh, the way to solve problems, the way to deal with things, and just getting other voices I think is important instead of uh, just being isolated in your own silo. Um, one of the things about being a superintendent that I've found, um, it, it's a very lonely job. Um, when I was an assistant principal, I was in a big school district and I had three other assistant principals in my building that I could bounce things off of. We had probably over hundred, literally hundreds of assistant principals in the district that you could pick up the phone and talk to that were doing the diff, doing the exact same job. Um, when I was in a big district and I was a principal, there were uh, 40 other principals that I could talk to, but being a superintendent, um, you could get very isolated and can be very lonely. And it's really important to uh, be able to call other people and people from different districts and get different ideas and uh, different perspectives on things. We've talked a lot today about the importance of building a network, but I wonder if it even extends beyond that. Do either of you have experience of reaching out to superintendents uh, that you do not know very well and just giving them a call? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, I know both Jason and I have experiences on uh, both ends of that telephone call. We've picked up and it's funny, you you read news reports or you just hear chatter uh, of superintendents going through difficult situations. I know uh, there was a superintendent in the state that um, the board was uh, considering having uh, turnover in that position. And so just picked up the phone call and called that soup, say, hey, I don't know what's going on, but if you need somebody to talk to, let's talk. And ended up having about a two-hour conversation of uh, bouncing ideas of how we could regain the trust and uh, the communication cycle back with that board. And then I've also been the benefactor of those phone calls. Um, great, great superintendents across the state uh, that just check in on me about once a month and say, hey, you know, you're newer to the profession. You know, how's it going? And then uh, they always famous. Yeah, it's, it's going fine. Oh, oh really? Uh, <laughs> why don't you figure out what fine is and we'll talk about it. So uh, it's incredibly important. Uh, there, it is a strong um, alliance of superintendents, quite frankly, that everybody picks up when we need help. And it's, it, that's been terrific. ISA annual conference. Uh, we're, we're just a few weeks removed from that. Can you talk about the benefits of, uh, of attending the ISA conference and uh, meeting different people? Yeah, uh, going to the ISA conference is uh, something I really look forward to every year. I know it just comes at that time of the year once you get school going, uh, things start to slow down a little bit, and um, you're tired and you almost need a mini vacation. That's kind of how I view IASA. Um, it's that point of the year where it um, really invigorates, invigorates me, gets me um, excited hearing all the speakers, uh, hearing new ideas, and just seeing people from around the state. I think, especially with some of the things we've gone through the past few years with COVID and masking, um, it was very beneficial to me to know that I wasn't the only one going through um, these things. Everybody's going through the same challenges and difficulties and uh, just meeting people uh, doing the same thing that we are doing is uh, really beneficial. And 
um, kind of gets me charged up and ready to go back to my school district and uh, do the best for my community and my students. You guys mentioned some stats uh, at the beginning of the presentation. Um, what was what was sort of the stat that kind of jumped out at you the most about the superintendency? Yeah, for for me, Jason, the, the stat that popped out is that uh, one in four districts have superintendent turnover. Um, and that just goes to echo how hard of a job it can be. And, um, you know, that was the piece of if one in four of us are wanting to leave or the district's asking for a change, we got to be there to support one another. And that's what kind of led to this uh, presentation and topic for us. Yep. Yeah, I think the 15% plan to leave the profession is um, really telling. And like Alex said, that just shows the need that we really need to support each other um, because 15% uh, was an alarming number to me that want to actually leave the profession. One of your slides also talked about the importance of asking for help. Why does asking for help uh, make can make a super make a superintendent a better leader? You know, asking for help a, is a great way to show people that you want to constantly learn. Um, it shows that you, you know you're vulnerable, and I think that's a hard thing to do for leaders to be at times. Um, but it's incredibly, incredibly invaluable because it shows people that. If you don't have the answers, you're what you're you're ready and willing to reach out. Um, and research shows that the more questions you ask and are willing to ask, uh, the the better authentic leader you're going to become. And I I know Jason uh, highlighted this earlier. It's so important to get different uh, points of view and different insights. Uh, we can get in silos uh, very easily of just the way it's all, always been done, or you know. You know, that's what small schools do type of thing. But being able to reach out to colleagues across the state and get their point of view on it and uh, can really be impactful for your district. And I think it's hard for leaders sometimes to ask for help because we're so used to in our job, helping our students, helping our teachers, helping our community members that sometimes we uh, forget that we need to ask for help, too. And um, just putting your ego aside and um, admitting that we don't have all the answers. Um, I think can be very helpful and uh, makes you a little vulnerable and helps you learn and become a better leader. You know, ha having worked at ISA for a little while now, I, I kind of heard that a lot of times, you know, differences with the, with uh, with board members can kind of be one of the biggest factors in uh, superintendents uh, leaving a school district. Uh, can you talk a little bit about any tips for setting boundaries uh, with your board of education, I guess, and also your staff uh, too as well? Yeah, what, uh, one thing that was incredibly helpful for, for myself and my family um, is having that communication early. Uh, when I was first hired with the board, we actually uh, brought in a, a leadership consultant through the Illinois School Board Association, Laura Martinez. Shout out to her. Um, she came in and she led a, a board restructuring retreat with us. And, and it was a very straightforward conversation of, you know, wh what do you expect from me as far as communication? and and availability and we talked about the importance of um, work versus home life balance and my board's been absolutely fantastic uh, what's worked well for us is uh, after 5 p.m it has to constitute an emergency uh, for them to contact me and uh, we've gone through what emergencies are and you know work through those scenarios together 
Um, if they want to talk to me after five and it's not an emergency, they just send me a text and then I call them back the next day and, and we have that conversation uh, with them. But it's also a two-way street. Uh, I don't contact them after 5 p.m. Uh, unless it's an emergency um, going, going through that. But I'd say the biggest tip is just having that um, conversation with them and of what they want. I know some superintendents and boards, they want weekly notes. Mine don't. Uh, mine prefer just to be contacted um, when they need to be versus expecting a weekly report, where I know Jason's had weekly board reports, and that's been successful for him and his district. So biggest thing, as always, just over-communicate and outline those expectations. Uh, another tip that I've used as a superintendent is uh, when I get home, um, I put my phone away, and I literally put it in a cabinet um, to try to be present for my kids and, and my wife. And uh, that's not always the most successful, but it's something we strive to do. How about you, Jason? Yeah, I think just that open communication. When I went through the interview process here at Riley, uh, that was one of the things that I interviewed the board back on what they expected and um, what kind of communication that they wanted. Uh, my board's been great. Um, it's family first. I, I know I have three boys and I I have a sophomore in college, a junior in high school, and I also have a fifth grader. Um, in going through uh, with the oldest, already being in college, I realized that it does go by quick, and I want to be there for my family. I want to be there for my school, but I also need to be there for my family because uh, kids grow up fast, and I want to be part of their lives also, as well as being the best leader for my school district. So um, I just being open and honest, and it's something that my school board at Riley has been fantastic about. Uh, letting me be a father and a husband and uh, going to my kids' events um, because they know that I'm working hard um, for the students of Riley also. Uh, but just that open communication, and that's something that I've been passing down to my teachers um, in my new district is, you know, be at home, be present, uh, take care of yourself because um, the education, um, it, it's a tough job, and I want them to be their best for our students, and um, they can only be their best if they're taking care of themselves and their families. That's a great note to uh, end the podcast on. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me.